This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. This is the show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I am excited to welcome on Marquise Daniels to the show today. Played in the NBA from 2003 to 2013. Played for the Mavs, the, the Mavs team that, that went to the NBA Finals and, and lost to the D-Wade Shaq Miami Heat championship team. Uh, but Marquise Daniels spent time in Dallas. He was on the, the Bucks. He was with the Celtics. Uh, remember when they had uh, kind of their, their marquee players, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, Rajon Rondo, uh, Paul Pierce, uh, Big Baby, all those guys. Um, and then he was on that Bucks team with J.J. Redick, Tobias Harris. Um, and so now Marquise is working with his alma mater, Auburn. Uh, he's a player development, uh, director of player development. And, and so today on the podcast, man, we get to hear all about his faith journey. Gives us some, some great perspective on a couple different topics. I'll share my, my two takeaways uh, at the end of the, the interview. So stick around for that. But I think you'll be pleasantly surprised uh, by today's podcast. Maybe, maybe you, you know, haven't heard much from Marquise Daniels in, in a few years or never uh, maybe knew this side of him as a, as a player. And he's just very transparent, open, honest, thoughtful. And I think you'll, I just think you're, you'll be in for a treat today. I was, uh, yeah, I just was pleased with the interview uh, after, after we did it. So it was a lot of fun and, and just a really, uh, yeah, laid back, humble guy and said a lot of great things. So enjoy. Before we jump in, let me uh, thank our presenting sponsor, MetaShare, and encourage you that if you're looking for an affordable, reliable healthcare option that you can trust, check out MetaShare today. MetaShare.com slash unpacking it. My wife and I, we've been members for a number of years. It's been great. And, and so encourage you to check out MetaShare. They offer programs for every budget. So if you're an individual, parent, small business owner, ministry leader, uh, like we are, uh, or self-employed, MetaShare has options for you. The best part is their members, on average, save 50% or more on their health care costs. MetaShare.com slash unpacking it. Well, right now, let's jump in with Marquise Daniels. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Unpacking it with Bryce Johnson.
And joining us now on the MetaShare guest line is former NBA player and current director of player development at Auburn, his alma mater in the NBA. He played from 2003 to 2013 for the Mavs, Pacers, Celtics, and Bucks. He's Marquise Daniels. Marquise, thanks so much for joining us here on Unpacking It. How are you? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Um, I'm doing great, and and I'm loving the NBA playoffs. And and so I know you're you're now involved in the college game. But but how much are you watching of the NBA playoffs, and and how intrigued are you by it all? I watch. I try to catch every game if I can. Um, it's it's been real interesting. You know, these guys have been playing really some really good basketball lately. So, you know, other than the last two games, or maybe last night, the Sixers and and um, who else that was? Some your, your, your Mavs. Your Mavs. The Mavs, yeah, they 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 came out. Well, you know, they didn't have great effort, but you know, they they play hard. It's been a good series so far. Both both series been good. Absolutely. So you played for a number of teams in the NBA. Is, is there one team that you're you're most loyal to, or or one that you're most connected to at this point? Uh, I think I kind of left a niche everywhere I went, so I'm I'm kind of connected to every team. You know, cool. I try not to burn any bridges, no matter where you are. You try to leave them good grace and good standards with every team you play for. So I, I just like to see good basketball, and I still stay in contact with a lot of those people that was there from the trainers and the you know the owners and everyone else. Oh, that's excellent. That's a that's a great reminder for us all not to not to burn bridges. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, well. So as far as the you know the teams in, in this year's playoffs, is there a team that you kind of feel the best about? You're like, ah, they're the they're the championship favorites at this point. Man, I think whoever's going to be healthy. Yeah, yeah I think that's going to be the biggest thing right now. Um, just being healthy, you know. Uh, you know the Bucks they won it last year, so you can't count them out. But they're they're banged up a little bit. Chris Middleton's not there. Um, Celtics are playing good. Um, Phoenix is looking good. Dallas is looking good. So it's you no, know, and then you can't count out Golden State. So it's it's a lot of good teams out there. It's still some good basketball out there, and I think it's just a matter of who's going to be healthy at the end. It, it really is, and it's it, it's been kind of that story so far. Guys in and out of the lineups, and uh, the, the series have switched based on injuries as as well as as we've seen. Exactly. Well, as, as you think back about uh, you know, your time in the NBA, and especially some some great runs in the playoffs. What are some of those those memories that, that that come to mind as you think back? Um, just, you know, when you win, you feel like you're never going to lose again. And when you lose, it's like, man, are we going to win again? <laughs> so it's just, um, you know, just staying the course and, you know, just like really taking care of your home court. You got to make sure you win the games at home and try to steal you one or two on the road if you can. But, you know, just locking in on the game plans, understanding, you know, what players like to do, their tendencies and, they're really being keying in on what what you have to do when it's your time out there on the court. It, it seems like I mean I guess this is true in all sports. I mean home field is such a, a big advantage. Home court is such a big advantage. But what is it about the NBA playoffs where it really is so important about winning winning at home and and it's almost like the the role players change so much kind of based on being home in a way. What what was your experience with, with that? Um, you know, home court is huge, but like you said uh, about the um, the role players, role players win a lot of games in the playoffs. That's right. You know, they 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 keying in on the major players so much that you need those players that you know may not get as much attention to come in and and get you some good medicine, some good points, some good defense, or whatever it is it takes for them. Role players play a major key in winning some playoffs games. 
At, no, no question. It's the X factors and who's going to get hot and who's coming off the bench and, and hits, hits those big shots for sure. Exactly. Well, all right. I want to hear uh, about your kind of journey. We'll, we'll talk basketball. Then we'll, we'll talk faith and, and intertwine both. Uh, but, but your, your playing career ended in, in 2013. And, and so how did that transition out of the NBA go for you? What, what were kind of the, the next steps after playing? What'd you pursue? And, and how, how was that season of life for you? Uh, you know, at first it was, it wasn't bad. It was, it was kind of weird at first. You know, a lot of people think like, man, I'm done. I'm retired. I get to relax. You know, my whole thing was like, I want to take my kids to school and pick them up from school. You know, all that, all the fun stuff, the dad stuff. And it's like, once you're done and you, you so accustomed to getting up at a certain time, you know, coming in, you know, at a certain time from games and practices, like you on a schedule to now it's like, you got a lot of free time. You can do this and do that. And you're not around you know, the, the players, the camaraderie and everything. And it's just like, it's a big adjustment. And it was a time from, say, maybe maybe about three, four months, I was like dealing with like anxiety, depression type stuff that I didn't even know I was dealing with because you, I don't know the symptoms of all that stuff. So I was like, man, what is wrong with me? And I'm trying to figure it out. You know, um, you know, even I went to the hospital a couple of times trying to figure out what was going on. And I was like, are you dealing with anxiety and depression? I'm like, nah, I'm not dealing with that stuff. Like, what are you talking about? And I come to find out that I just needed to get back around the game and be back around, you know, the whole atmosphere of basketball, being around things that you love and what you're accustomed to. And I think that a lot of players, whether it's basketball, football, whatever sport it is, or whatever it is that you do majority of your time, once you retire, you have to make sure that you're prepared for having so much time and making sure you have something that you can do that can keep you busy because being free is like it's the devil's playground i mean yeah it can it can come at you in ways and you be thinking about stuff that you can't even control and you be like what am i doing like what is wrong with me and you have no idea about what's going on until you like really sit back and understand that you know it's it's all a setup it's like you set up to get to this certain level and then all of a sudden here comes the enemy mm. trying to take you down and bring you back down to like, nah, you ain't nothing. You this and that, but you have accomplished this and did this and that. But now he's here to remind you that, no, you're nothing. So you have to have a strong faith in God and everything to keep moving forward. Wow, man. No, I appreciate you you sharing that. And and oftentimes, you know, as fans, we're, we're watching guys play and we're, you know, whoever's on the court, that's who we're thinking right. about. And then, you know, guys come and go in the league and, and, you guys have to keep living your life. I mean, you yeah. got to announce the, the next phase. Um, and so at what point after that, did you start thinking about coaching and, and then what was the story ultimately where you, where you've now ended up back at Auburn? Um, well, my wife, she was um, coaching basketball in, in Georgia, Southwest high school in Macon. So I would go up there, you know, kind of, you know, hang around a little bit. You know, I was working my daughter out. She's good, really good at basketball. My son, he loves baseball. So, even though he can play bas- b- basketball, he loves baseball. So I, I didn't know much about baseball. I was learning that on the fly. But, oh, wow. you know, I was going out there with her, with my daughter, and, you know, just showing her some stuff. And and uh, I used to come back to Auburn a lot, to a lot of games and everything, just, you know, come back, be around the team. And, and Coach Pearl asked me, he, asked, he asked me if I want to, you know, you know, come back and coach and help get involved with the program. And I was like, sure. And he gave me a chance to come back, and I was able to get my master's. And come back and just join the team and join the program. And I've been here going on my fifth year next year. Man, and so what what has the experience been like? And and kind of what what do you see as your sweet spot in the 
the coaching and development of players? What what, what makes you uh, effective? I guess. Um, man, it's, it's you don't realize how much you know until you're you're out of, and then you put in a situation to have to deal with younger kids that very talented, but don't really understand how to play the game and how to deal with everyday life things of life. You know the aspects, and you know me dealing with my player development side of things is. I do a lot of stuff on the court, helping them on the court, but a lot of stuff I help the kids with is stuff they deal with off the court. You know, like we have players that's, you know, some kids, they from overseas, but I make sure, hey, man, call your dad today, call your mom today, call your parents. You know, making sure they stay in contact because as a coach, you're focused on winning. And very seldom do you see if this kid is actually going through depression or going through anxiety because you're locked in, you're focused on you know, making the team better, you know, really not saying you don't focus in on a single player, but sometimes you don't have time to just really necessarily focus in on one or two players here. Now you got to try to make sure the team is good. So that's where I come in and I can talk to the guys, you know, not as a coach, but as a person of that's been through what you're trying to get to. And, you know, just trying to help you out in everyday life, whether it's basketball, school, social media, you know, just trying to help them out with everything, everyday life, dealing with, like, a lot of these kids, they deal with a lot of stuff back home that they try to put together and try to put behind them and focus on what they got to do on the basketball court. And, that you know, a lot of times they get um, misconstrued that people don't care what they have going on off the court. They only think people care about what they're doing for them on the court. And so that's why I come in, you know, just talk to me, man, what you got going on? Because a lot of times, Kids don't want to go to the coach because they look at the coach. It's like, that's the police. I can't go tell coach something. Ah. I can't tell him this and that. So you can come talk to me. I'm not going to go tell coach everything. I'm going to give him a little bit to let him know, like, look, hey, man, you should, maybe you should go talk to him and see how he's doing. To keep everybody, you know, like some of them be here and some there. So I try to, you know, get a, find a way to bring them here to where everybody's on a on a smooth pass. I, I call myself the fire extinguisher. You know, for the problems, get to coach. I try to put them out. And help him, you know, as well as you know, keeping these kids understanding that hey man, it's a bigger goal than just basketball right now. Just keep focusing on what you have to do on the court, and I'll help you with everything off the court. Wow, that that's a cool and and such an important role to have. So the player development role, and it seems like that role has has kind of taken off more and more over the years in in college and even pro and, and football, right. basketball, whatever sport it may be. Um, and, and looking at athletes in, in the, the totality of, of who, who they are, which is, which, which is great. And, and I think too, kind of what you're saying too, you're, you're still connected to the team, but you're also somewhat disconnected right. to where it is a safe place for them to, to be able to share, exactly. uh, which, which is great. So for you then kind of growing up, as you think back when, you know, you were in college and, and even in, in the pros, who were those people that came alongside you? And even who are some of those coaches that, that had the biggest impact on you? Throughout uh, Indian days, you know, in college it was Coach Charlton Young. He was uh, he's uh, he was at FSU. He just went over to Missouri. He used to help me out a lot. Uh, but as far as someone just being the way that I am with these kids, hands on, we really didn't have it back then. Hmm. So now it's like you know, just like I wish I had this type of stuff. So now I try to give it to them to help them to understand that. Look, I mean, I've been through what you're trying to go through. I understand what you, what it is like. Sometimes as a player. You know what, like, man, I just don't have it today. I don't feel good today. And a coach is not feel like, man, you need to do this and do that. So now you have to help them to understand what the coach is thinking and why the coaches want you to do it this way. And so he, could, I could break it down to him from a player's perspective. So now he could understand it better than, you know, the coach just it feel like, coach, you just beating on me. Like, no, <laughs> he's actually trying to help you to be a, be a better person. And 
you know, it's, it's a difficult thing for them to understand because they're young and, you know, they're talented, but at the end of the day, they're still kids. No question about it. Well, well, last thing on, on Auburn, Jabari Smith, one of the top players coming out in, into the, the NBA draft. And so you've obviously spent, spent time with him. What, what do you, I guess, see in, in his potential for the NBA and, and kind of how does he fit, fit in on the next level? Uh, man, he he has he has the it factor. He's gonna he's gonna be a special kid, you know. Um, just a great talent, all around great kid, hard worker, always willing to learn, you know. Just constantly asking questions, just want to get better. And I, I think if he keeps carrying those same attributes that he came in here with, and um, he's only gonna get better. He's gonna be a great player in the league for a long time. Yeah, he's gonna be fun fun to watch on, on the yeah. next level for for yeah. sure. I'm looking forward to it. Well, Marquise, we, we love talking basketball on the show, but but also lo- love talking faith and, and hearing uh, different stories. And and so, uh, would love to hear about your your faith journey and 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 kind of you know take us back to to who maybe who you once were and, and kind of your your Ooh. view of God, and then how, ultimately how is how has God transformed your your life uh, into to where your faith is at today? Uh, man, I can. I can. I used to have gold teeth in my mouth. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I grew up a typical, you know, typical kid from, you know, the, the uh, urban areas in, you know, Florida. Um, just growing up, I, early on, my, my big mom, she, uh, she, she was the mother of the church and my, my grandfather before he passed, he was the, um, the preacher, the pastor of the church. And, you know, my big mom, rest her soul, she passed recently that they used to have me um, in church Wednesdays from six to like two in the morning. And then like on Sundays we go to church from like 11 to four or five. It's one of those Baptist churches. We're in there all day. And it's like growing up, I used to go stay with them in the summer and they didn't even have a TV in the house. It was just a radio and it was on AM station all the time. So we had no, no secular music. It was all church music. It was just, so I would like get up and leave the house early just to get out the house and just go play something, anything, go to my cousin's house, maybe look at TV, anything. And I mean, I think it, it helped me to later in life because, you know, as a, as a kid, you you walk with God. As you get older, in your teen years to mid-20s, 30s, you start straying away from him. And luckily enough, if you're able to get through that stage, you start coming back towards God, mm-hmm. you know, and, and understanding that, if you've been through a lot of stuff that you know that he's the reason why you're where you're at and you got to keep walking with him and keep building your faith and, you know, just keep praying, just staying strong with your faith and understanding that, you know, it, it you know, they say, um, the only way to make it is in is to think as a child, you know, to be as a child, you know, try to be free. And I understand the stresses of the world and, you know, having kids, bills and everything and all that type of stuff that, can cause you to stray away and be like, man, I got to do what I got to do to take care of my family or whatever the situation may be. But you still have to keep your faith and understand that, you know, the devil's going to try. He's going to try hard. I mean, he's going to come at you in so many ways through family, through sports, through whatever the case may be. He's going to come at you, but you have to always find a way to keep giving God the glory and, and understand that no matter what, I mean, the problem, it may be big, but it's not bigger than your God at the end of the day. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. So, so for you then, what, what was kind of the, the, the path back to God? What, what, what kind of, what were some of the, the key moments or, or pivotal uh, seasons that, that, that drew you back to him? I, I, I never really was disconnected too far from him. I mean, I had some times, you know, when I was playing, it's like, yeah, you know, you, you getting a lot of attention, a lot of people, you like, you kind of 
be like, all right, so you prayed about it. Now you want to forget about him, but you can't. Mm. You know, the things that he gives you, you got to, you know, make sure you appreciate him in the times that you have him and the times that you don't have him. So I think um, to answer your question, I was in, was it Boston maybe? I got, um, when I got my neck injury ah. and, you know, I was paralyzed on the court for about five minutes before, you know, and I'm just laying there and I'm just saying in my head the whole time, like, you know, the devil got to try harder than this. Like, you got to try harder than this. this. This can't be it. And, you know, um, just that, host- that ride to the hospital, you know, my nerves starting to fire back up. And it's like, man, y'all cut this jersey off me, get it off me. Like, that's probably the most pain I've ever been in. And then um, recently when I was here in, um, in Auburn, I got in a bad car accident. Uh, um, uh, maybe five minutes away from home, hit a tree, knocked wow. Knocked the wheels off the front tire, front the, the wheels off my truck. It was some people sitting on the porch, and they was like, we was in the, on the porch when you ran up in the yard and hit the tree. They had to cut me out. I woke up two hours away in Birmingham, you know, with my leg up, my hip slipping out of place, falling, coming out of my side. It was crazy. Like, And um, that was another situation of um, just, like, I, you think you got it, but I'm still in control. Like, I, I'm still here. I'm still God. And it was just, um, you know, how they say, you know, your, your grandmother's prayers are still working on you. That's right. You know, and it was just one of those situations. And I never forget before my big mom passed, she told me that. She said, you know how to do it. Now it's up to you to, to make it happen, to, to do it for yourself. And she was talking to me about praying, you know, and just making sure I cover my family. And so uh, if you follow me on any social media thre- threads, you see that I'm pretty much up every morning at 5 a.m. You know, I, I put my top of the morning, then I put a Bible scripture after that, get my Bible reading in and try to cover my family and pray over my family every morning, you know, to keep that, that, that hedge surrounding us, you know, like God did with Moses um, in the Bible. You know, you know, a lot of people think that he had the hedge just in the back of him, but he had it in front of him also when they were going towards the Red Sea. You know, so when the pharaohs came behind him, he moved that hedge around him. It wasn't just an overnight thing. It was something that, you know, it took time. But a lot of people don't understand that, you know, you got to get dig into the word. And I think a lot of people, we in a time where everybody believes what they hear instead of doing some research and understanding it for themselves. And it's kind of like you have to do the same thing with getting to know God. Like, I, I can't go off what you feel with God. I got to get to know God for myself. Amen. And I think that's something that a lot of people, we we fall short on because it's like, oh, he said it must be true. It might be true for him, but it might not work for you. So you got to go in there and you got to find what God is to you and how he can help you in ways. And, you know, and sometimes when you pray for things, man, you got to make sure you got your, your, your dancing shoes on and be ready to move when he sent them your way. Ah, I like that. Got to be ready to move. Yes, Absolutely. Ready. Well, yeah. So I, I see on your, your Twitter, you, you, you put a, a verse almost every day. And, and yeah. so uh, what is your approach to, to, to Bible reading and, and, What's kind of your your strategy, and how can you maybe encourage people that, that don't necessarily get into the word every day? What, what's what's worked for you? Uh, for me, it's just um, I, I started off doing it, and I just put my scriptures up, just reading, you know, put a scripture up every day, and and then it got to the point where if I forget a day, people would be like, "Hey, man, what the scripture?" Like, ah, you know, there's a lot of people like I wouldn't read the Bible if it wasn't for you, wow. and I didn't know like I was doing that, so it's a way of God using using me to get his word out. And I was just like, you know, if that's the way, then okay, I'm gonna do it. But I wasn't doing it for no one else. I was doing it for, you know, myself. Then, you know, I was like, all right, let me see, this may can touch somebody today. This may can help somebody today. And it was just, people just started looking forward to it every day. And I mean, even going back to me being hurt with my car accident injury, 
the day I come home from the hospital from my car accident injury, my wife finds out she had breast cancer. Oh so like, I got so it's so much coming at me, like, man, what is going on? So I'm like, you know what, God, whatever it is you're trying to tell me, I'm listening. So it's like I'm just trying to figure it all out, you know. She beat cancer. She she's you know cancer free right now. So thank she God. Is. Oh, excellent. And that was one of the that was back in 2019, maybe. That was one of the trying times of testing your faith, you know, and testing your will and you know, understanding that, you know, it, it is a God, you know, it is some something bigger and, and better than what you're thinking it is out here on earth. A lot of people think that their blessings are by what they have, like the cars, the house, like Anybody can get that. Like it's it's your faith and all that comes from 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 something that is unseen. Mm. You know, if you just go outside and you look around every day, it's a miracle being shown every day. But a lot of people don't seem to want to look at that side of things. They look at, oh, he got this house, he got that car. It's like, man, you're looking at people highlights. You're not looking at actual film on what they're going through every day. Mm. So you have to break things down and man, just just really appreciate life. And that's something that I try to tell my kids on a daily basis, man, just be happy for everyone. Cause when it's your turn, you're going to want them to be happy for you. That's, that's, that's well said. A- absolutely. Well, it's great news about, about your wife. What, what about you? I, I didn't, I didn't ask you with the car wreck. How are you feeling from that? Uh, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm up walking around. I was in a wheelchair for maybe three months, maybe. Yeah. So I got two plates and eight screws on my pelvis. As permanent, um, I'm able to run, you know, jog. I can still dunk. You know, my players still mess with me. Like, you can you dunk? I can still do that. There so I'm go. just blessed, man. It's just like every day I come to work, they're like, man, why are you so happy? I'm like, bro, I almost died. Gosh. <laughs> like, and I, I got every reason in the world to be happy. Like, so I'm just happy every day that, you know, I'm here. You know, because it could have been the other way around. I mean, even when my mom and my, my grandmother and them came to see me in the hospital on the way home from the hospital, they get in a car accident. They get hit oh my by gosh. a truck. It was like, man, what is going on? I'm still in the, in the bed, hospital bed. My mom's like, we just got hit by a truck. She's erratic, going crazy. I'm like, man, at least you can call me and talk. I'm in the hospital. I can't move. Like, you know, it's just, it's just things, man. You just have to just appreciate what you have, man. Just appreciate it every day and just be thankful. Like, Cause man, it's so much going on right now, but we we tend to want to get caught up in the ways of the world, and it's like even with COVID, it's like I don't think people really took what God was really trying to show them during that time. It's like you don't need much, mm. you know. You can't do this, you can't do that, but you got family, mm. you know. And at the end of the day, it's like you go to a restaurant, you at home most of the times. So everybody at home is on their phone; they're not even talking to each other. Gosh. It's like you got it. We got to get back to being personal with who we are and and understanding people. Like during COVID, I was like, I found out my wife don't like man sloppy joes, and I'm like, who don't eat sloppy joes? You know, you know what? the, the what? right. And I'm like, Come like, on, that. but it just it just puts you back into perspective of things of like, do you really know who you are? Do you really know who you're surrounding yourself with? You know, wow. you just got time and just appreciate everything. It's like as soon as the quote unquote outside open back up, they ran back outside doing the same thing. It's like it's like, man, what what do I have to do like to show y'all that you don't need all this? It's like it's all really smoke and mirrors. Like who are you really doing it for? It's powerful, man. It's a it's a wonderful perspective. And and I know for me, I really slowed down during that time and want to continue that. It is still right. a pull. You feel the pull. And even today I I I, I tried to cram too much in, into today. 
but but the, just that pace of slowing down and, and allow and being able to be open to hear God speak and and him reveal himself and be aware of his presence and, and be aware of of those uh, around us. And so that was a lesson for me. But you're right. As soon as things kind of opened up, it's like, all right, now how do I fill my calendar? How do I get back out? Back outside. I need to do this. Yeah. I need to do this. Yeah. Like, no, you don't. Like the only thing I was happy about when when it opened back up, I was able to go back to work and go back to the office because my wife was turning me into a carpenter. I was learning how to fix everything around here. I was like, <laughs> I gotta get out of here. Oh, uh, that's funny. And so you didn't convert her into sloppy joes. She still no, doesn't like I, them, huh? I didn't. I didn't ever. Yeah, I, I wasn't able to that, But I, that's what I said. I was like, man, who don't eat sloppy joe? She was like, I don't. I was like, man, that's crazy. I thought that was weird, but hey, <laughs> that's fun. That, that rem- I haven't had, had one in a while. That that, that gives me a, a hankering for a sloppy exactly. joe. So I gotta go. Exactly. I gotta go get one. Um, well, man. Well, no, I appreciate you sharing all that. That's that's extremely encouraging and and just a, a wonderful perspective. Um, well. With, we'll, we'll kind of wrap up with this. What does the, the summer look like for you? What, what's kind of going on at, at Auburn th- this summer and your role there? And and you have any family vacations coming up or what, what's going on? Well, my daughter's 15 and she's on the, you know, playing AAU. She's on the Nike EYBL circuit. My son is 13. He's playing travel baseball. So family vacations are, are good right now. So we use um, – my son, he goes to, uh, I think it's Panama, somewhere in the beach, and we use that. They go for a week, so we use that as a family vacation. Because other than that, I mean, we're pretty much gone. Like, we're having a – I usually go with my daughter with basketball. She goes with my son with baseball. And sometimes we switch up, but we don't really get to go to many places. I think we have a foreign trip this year here at Auburn. I think we're going to Israel. We're going to go visit the Holy Land and all that stuff. So that's going to be really good. And um, Wow. We're getting back. Uh, we're just about to get back, get things rolling. I mean, people think that this is the uh, off season or downtime for us, but this is really when we really grinding, you know, with the transfer portal and all that stuff. And, you know, they're really working to bring guys in that's really just great family guys and just trying to keep this tradition, keep things rolling. I love it. Well, uh, speaking of the transfer portal and, and, and of course the NIL kind of gets thrown into the, the mix with the changing of, of college basketball, just curious, your perspective as someone involved with college basketball. And then of course, based on your, your playing career. And I don't think you had all those NIL, uh, opportunities back then on the, on the, uh, up and up, but, but what, what do you, what do you think about kind of where we're at in college basketball now? I think it's a good place. Um, it's, it's a good place and it's a bad place at the same time. Um, it's, it, it's, it's kind of hard to say what it's going to look like five to ten years from now. I'm happy that these players are able to get compensated for what they're doing. Yeah. But I don't know if it's going to be a good thing in the future or if it's going to be bad. You know, because it's so much it's so much gray area with everything that's going on. It's like you want what's best for the kids, but sometimes it's so much money being thrown at them and so much this, different things being thrown at them that are they going to make the right decisions, you know, as far as – down the line, are they going to make some right now decisions? Mm. But instead of like, thinking about their future and understanding, like you know, you, I mean, you know, the saying, "All money ain't good money," but I, you can't tell a kid not to take this money and not to do that because you don't know their family situation. So it's, I just don't know where it's going to be in, in a couple of years. So I, I hope it's in a good place. Like right now, I think it's it's great that you know these kids are able to you know be compensated for what they're doing. Absolutely. And there, yeah, there still is that gray area, but at least, like I said, kind of the up and up, like they're just allowed to do it, which is, which right. is nice. And not trying to have to hide things and, and right. that sort of thing, which is, which is great, but sorry, I got one more thing. So just kind of I'm curious your, how your perspective on money 
changed over the years. And, and even, you know, if you think back to when you were coming out into the NBA, you, of course, were undrafted. Um, but, but thinking, like, how do you relate to the current players and, and kind of what lessons do you teach them as they're preparing to, to go to the next level and, and, and making money that most people never, never have made before that? They're, right now, they're, they're making a lot more money than what, you know, was, we were making, and we were making a lot more money than when Michael Jordan and those guys came out. So, you know, you want to be thankful that you're part of, you know, setting the trend and, and, and allowing these guys to make more money, be able to take care of their families. Uh, I just, uh, one thing I, I tell our players here is like, man, get you somebody to watch the person that's watching your money. Ah. You know? I always make sure you got at least two eyes on your money. So if someone was to do something, somebody else can come in and be like, hey, you need to watch them. So I always try to just make sure somebody's watching what somebody else is doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, especially young athletes, you know, they, they come in and they just want to play basketball, football, whatever the sport it is that they're doing. And they don't think about the money side of things. They they know it's there, but they don't know where it's going, who it's going to. And, you know, and, and try not to handicap your friends and your family, you know. Um, if they want to be around, you know, put them in school, have them doing something that's going to benefit them as well as you at the same time, instead of you always having to dig in your pockets and give them money. That's, that's a wonderful advice. I, I love that. Well, Marquise, man, this has been a, a treat and, and a lot of fun having you on the show and, and appreciate your, uh, your honesty and, and vulnerability and, and a lot of great stories and encouragement. So, uh, man, appreciate it. Wish you the best you. with Auburn and uh, enjoy the rest of the NBA playoffs. Uh, thank you. You too. All right. I appreciate it. There's Marquise Daniels, former NBA player, joining us here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MediShare. Sharing the personal side of sports. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And we're back in studio to unpack our conversation that we just had with Marquise, and that was awesome. Really enjoyed it. And, and two takeaways for me. One, it was kind of early in the interview where he talked about not burning bridges. And this is something I'm really passionate about, so I wanted to talk about it a little bit further because uh, I mentioned it even at, as a response to him. But I think it's so easy in life to, when things don't work out, whether it's a a job or a church or a neighborhood or whatever it may be, it's easy to burn bridges where you just say, all right, I'm moving, forget that person. I'm not working there anymore. And and you just sort of leave in a, in a tough way or you allow relationships to, to be severed in, in just kind of a negative way. And so what Marquise was saying, where I asked him, Hey, what, what are the four teams are you most connected with? He's like all of them. And, and so like, I kind of can say that too, where I we've moved around Charlotte, and I've, I've been at different churches, but I'm still connected to those churches. I still have great relationships. I don't want to burn bridges. And still can go back and do events at, at different churches. And so I've got friends from you know middle school, high school, college, after college. Like, I don't want to burn bridges with, with friendships. Of course, there are certain seasons where you know, you're closer to people than others, and, and you do move on from certain people, and that's fine. But as long as the bridge isn't burned... To where if you bumped into somebody or you know you saw them years later, oh, all good. Oh man, I haven't seen you in a while. But I, but I think we have to just sort of take an inventory of our relationships and, and be aware and intentional not to burn bridges. Because again, I think it, it, I think it's easy to do sometimes. But really, as followers of Jesus, 
this isn't the way we want to be. We want to, one, forgive people, and, and two, if we need to ask for forgiveness from someone that, that maybe we were in the wrong, then we got to do that too and, and do our best to, to reconcile and, and not, not, not burn the bridges, so to speak. So I guess I don't really know what that saying means other than I know what that saying means. So <laughs> I don't want to burn the bridges. I guess it, it allows the – you can go back. You can go back to the other side. Uh, you can still go back to those relationships if, if you need to. Um, I know, gosh, in my radio career, like, uh, yeah, I thought I burned a bridge and then ended up – I was able to, to, to reconnect with somebody. And then it, another opportunity presented, it, it presented itself from that same guy. And so it was cool. I had a lunch with him. And then shortly after that, put our show on, on his air again. Um, so kind of a cool story. I'll, I'll tell it another day maybe. But, um, but anyway, so those, those are the, the things that come to mind uh, in that regard. So I appreciate Marquis saying that. Just uh, He's like, well, no, I'm, I'm close to all of them. I got friends at all those places. Good for him. Think about how many players leave franchises and they come back and they're booed or, you know, whatever. They, they don't leave them as, as well as they, they could. Sometimes those circumstances are tough. I get it. It's nice when, yeah, especially if you've played for multiple teams. Yeah, we're good. We're good everywhere we go. Uh, the the other takeaway, when, when he was talking about kind of like simplifying life a little bit and realizing, you know, you don't you don't need to be doing everything. You don't need everything. And, and really, the coronavirus kind of like forced us to slow down, forced us inside. We, we sort of, everything kind of shrunk, right? We we were around only a certain number of people. Uh, we didn't do as many things. And, and so I guess it was just kind of, it kind of triggered the thought for me. All right. How much of that do I want to continue that way? And, and some of it, you know, we, we did miss out. There were certain things that we weren't able to do that. I'm so glad we're able to do, to do that again. Uh, we, we went to a kind of a festival or a fair or whatever in, in downtown where I live, uh, that was really fun, and that hasn't happened the last couple of years. I'm glad that's back. But I think the way that we did slow down and we were able to invest more kind of in our home life and, and even our personal lives uh, because we didn't have some of the extra stuff going on, I think that's a really good thing. And so we have to be more more strategic in what we add back. I was actually just talking to our intern, Landon, uh, about that here at the ministry, where over the years we've done a lot of different things. And we did certain things even during the the pandemic because of the circumstances. And now we have to evaluate, okay, is that something that we want to continue to do as a ministry? And where does that fit in? Um, and so some of those things just have to, you know, we have to ultimately pray about those things and ask God to lead us and guide us in, in our own lives on, on what kind of needs to stay, what needs to go. Yeah. And just not, <laughs> I think, I think we're also excited once it was kind of declared that the pandemic was over, all right, let's just get back. Yeah, let's go. All right, let, let's maybe ease in, figure out what's what's best and how we spend our time and money and what we invest our uh, our efforts into. So uh, kind of a good good thought. Marquise, very wise, very thoughtful, good, good perspectives. So I appreciate uh, what he brought to the table today. That was awesome. So I hope you enjoyed it as well. He's Marquise Daniels. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. 
For more information about the show, our events in Charlotte, and other resources, visit unpackinit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackinit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.